The Book of Mormon is filled with unique names. Most of these names were not common or even known during Joseph Smith's time. Today, we're going to talk about the significance of some of these names. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we welcome you today. Lamoni's father was the supreme king over all the Lamanite lands. And although we're not actually given his name anywhere, he's always called Lamoni's father, there are some possibilities that we can look at, again, reading between the lines in the Book of Mormon. Well, and as we previously discussed, we do know a few of the Lamanite king names. And while we don't have King Lamoni's father's name, those other Lamanite king's names may be a clue to help us discover what his name might have been. Prior to that time in Lamanite history, there are a few kings who were named Laman. Certainly Laman, the son of Lehi, was the very first king. But then following him years later, there was another Laman who was king. That's when Zenith and his people went back to the land of Nephi-Lehi and met with the Lamanite king. They identified him as being King Laman. Then as that King Laman grew old and gave the kingship to his son, it says that his name was also Laman. It's very possible that Laman was not just a name, but it was a title. This process of naming a new king and having his name changed to honor a previous ancestor is fairly common in our society today and in ancient times. The Hebrews had a tradition of naming a king at the time he was coronated, giving him a new name. This tradition is called giving a regnal name, R-E-G-N-A-L, a regnal name. Can you think of any examples today where there are regnal names given? Well, the Pope always chooses his name. That's correct. And our current Pope, Pope Francis, was originally named Jorge Mario (laughs) Bergoglio, um, who was from Argentina. And that was his name until he became Pope, and then he chose the name to honor Francis, and he became Pope Francis. Each of the Popes throughout history have done that. Also, many kings... Can you think of any kings that you can name? There's Charles, the current king, King Henry VIII, and I suppose there was seven Henrys before him. And none of them were originally Henrys. They each had a different name, but they chose the name Henry when they were coronated as king. King Charles had the opportunity to choose a regnal name, but decided that Charles was fine, and so he didn't change that. But that's unusual, because normally a king, when he's coronated, chooses a new name. As I say, this was common in ancient Hebrew times, and where the family came from Jerusalem, it was very possible they named their kings certain names. Hmm. Jacob indicates that this was common among the Nephites. In Jacob chapter 1, verse 11, he says, The people were desirous to retain in remembrance his name, and whosoever should reign in his stead were called by the people Second Nephi, Third Nephi, and so forth, according to the reigns of the kings, and thus they were called by the people. Let them be whatever name they would. So it didn't matter what their name was originally. When they became king, they became King Nephi, the 
X, King Nephi the Eleventh, on down through. It was a title, not an actual name. Apparently, this stopped sometime before the time of King Mosiah and King Benjamin and then the second King Mosiah, because nowhere does it say that they were King Nephi the 25th. <laughs> yeah. So apparently that tradition was stopped. But it's very, very likely that the Lamanites did the same thing. And each king, when he became king, took the name Laman, yeah. that regnal name. Maybe the, the Nephites just called him King Laman because he was the king of the Lamanites. <laughs> That's possible. Well, and it could be during the time of King Limhi that Lamoni's father, it'd be 40 years earlier, but maybe Lamoni's father was the same layman who was the heartless taskmaster of the Nephites back in the land of Nephi-Lehi. We know that he was fairly old at the time that he was converted to the church and baptized, because shortly after his conversion to the church, he was about to die, and he decided to pass on the kingdom to his oldest son. Now, it wasn't Lamoni. Lamoni was one son, but this was another son. Again, we're not given his name, but he then became the next king over the people. At that coronation ceremony, the people waited for this king to be given a new name. King Laman declared that his son's regnal name would be King Anti-Nephi-Lehi. Or Anti for short. <laughs> King Anti. <laughs> so what's the big deal? Why does this matter? Why is it important? Well, there are a couple of things that I think we need to point out. Number one, here is Joseph Smith, this young, uneducated farm boy. He doesn't know anything about ancient Hebrew traditions or anything about regnal names. Mm -hmm. He's unschooled. And yet, as we read the Book of Mormon... There are all of these things that are inside of the Book of Mormon. It's just another testimony to the complexity of the book and to the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And these things aren't really even on the surface level. They're buried, I feel like, you know, just little subtle hints yeah. of the truth of the Book of Mormon. You could argue that he could have known certain things and planned on putting things into the Book of Mormon on a surface level, I suppose. But there's all the kinds of things that he w he would have had to just been a master, you know, genius. Also, I think it's important to talk about the importance of a name. Yeah. When we're born, we are given a name. It's called our given name. Your name is a name that you were given by your parents when you were born. We also have names that we take upon ourselves. A woman takes upon herself the name of her husband yeah, when she, when gets, she gets married. So that she chooses to take that name. There are two reasons. One, she's honoring her husband by taking his name upon herself. Yeah. Also, it eliminates a lot of confusion. And another example is with adoption. Yeah. When you're adopted, you take the name of your adoptive parents upon yourself. Yeah. By baptism... We take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. I think the significance of taking upon us the name of Christ is, for one thing, we become members of his church. We become part of his kingdom. But more significantly, I think, is we actually become his sons and daughters. We're adopted in by him through the repentance process and through the acceptance of the atonement that we can become new creatures and new children. That's right. We become children of Christ. We take upon ourselves his name. 
And in doing so, we covenant to honor that name and to respect that name. To always remember him. We want to be like him. Whenever we say prayers in church, whenever we give talks in church, whenever we do any kind of ordinances, we do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. That name is significant. Yeah, we always say that phrase, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're not just saying his name. We're actually calling upon his power and saying we do these things because of him and through his grace. And because we represent him. Yeah. The Old Testament teaches, as part of the Ten Commandments, that we should not use the name of God in vain. If we use that name disrespectfully, or don't honor that name, or don't live up to the commitment that that name brings upon us, is it possible that we're using that name in vain? Yeah. Anytime we do things to disrespect that name, we're taking that name in vain. To take something in vain, I think, means to treat it like it's nothing, like it's worthless. That's right. And not to appreciate that significance, the sacrifice that our Savior made for us. If we take that lightly, we're doing things that are taking that in vain, I think. I agree. So when we talk about the significance of a name, it may not be that big a deal to know the name of Lamoni's father, but names are important. Definitely. King Lamoni's brother's name was important enough to him that when he became king, he wanted to abandon the wicked traditions of the Lamanites, including the tradition of passing down the name of Laman to the prospective king. He wanted to prove that he was a covenant-keeping person, and therefore he chose the name King Anti-Nephi-Lehi. Thanks for listening. The Book of Mormon is so fun to study. And next time, we'll talk about the wicked traditions of the Lamanites. What were they, and where did they originate? And what can we learn from them today? Until then, enjoy your reading.